Now stay tuned for Spacey In the super far off future Heck, even farther off than that Long after humans evolved beyond the need for their physical bodies, then once they needed them, evolved back again, the universe is filled with love, adventure, and nothingness. Through the vastness of the void, two humans, the brave and bold Commander Rash Blasterbelt, and his trusty, studious right-hand person, Ensign Jock Jr., travel the stars in search of danger, and things that are easily mistaken for danger, for they are intergalactic space guardians. Our episode of Spaceys will start in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Turnips! After searching high and low for our heroes, we find them in the first place we checked, but for some reason didn't see them there, aboard the ISGSS Urbaniac. Peering our omniscient eye through the quintuple annealed high strength almost never fail porthole windows of the Urbaniac, we see a faint flicker in the room belonging to the head honcho of our hopes and director of our dreams, Commander Rash Blasterbelt, who sits in rapt attention, eating space popcorn while watching a scary movie. Doctor, you can't possibly tell me that these robots have turned suddenly evil... That's exactly what I'm telling you. Here, look! No! I can't! It's too horrible! Look anyway. You see, here, that's the robot central processing unit. Now, if we run the image of the unit through the limited temporal autotronic guesserizer, we can get an approximate guesstimation of what the robot central processing unit looked like before the general blasted it with an anti-central processing unit ray. Oh, again! What is it? Look here! The circuit for the central processing unit ran right through an evil capacitator! But I thought all robot manufacturing companies agreed! Putting evil capacitors inside robots was a real bad idea! They did, but they found that the robots they programmed could not process the concept of good without the capacity for evil. Thus, an evil capacitator was placed in the mind of every robot ever made, and the electrical field that caused the power outage across the tri-space area must have shorted out the connection between the central processing unit and the robot's evil capacitators, making every single robot evil! Who knew? The robots had the capacity for evil all along! I did, but don't worry your pretty little tush with that. We've got a romantic moonlit picnic to go on. Wait, what's that? (laughs) The autotronic few minutes ago guesserizer! It's turned! Evil! Guesstimation. A few minutes ago, you both felt safe. Processing future guesstimation. Guesstimation. A few minutes from now, you both will be destroyed. Uh... Sir? (laughs) Sir, it's just me. Oh, I thought you were a robot. 
you're not a robot, are you, Ensign? Not this again. No, sir, I am not a robot. Just what a robot would say. Sir, I just wanted to let you know I'm heading to my quarters for the evening to get my recommended two minutes of ultra sleep. Will you need anything? I'll be fine. If I need anything, I'll wake you. Sir, as has been the topic of seven of nine mandatory presentations on crew member safety violations from the last week, you'll recall that it is very dangerous to wake someone from ultrasleep. Plus, it only takes two minutes, so I am asking you now, will you need anything in the next two minutes? I don't think so, but if something comes up, I'll let you know. Sir, I really can't stress this enough. If you keep waking me while I'm in the middle of an ultra-sleep cycle, it could lead to dermanent brain damage. I don't want my brain damaged, okay? I like my brain. I feed it for ninking. Understand? I genuinely do not. Just... Please don't wake me up. It's only two minutes. Fine. Screen, rewind back to where I was before Jock walked in. What are you watching? hey Take that, you robot fiend! I think it's a documentary. All right. Two minutes. I heard you the fourth time. That was the fourth time. Then I heard you. Goodbye. I'll wake you if I need anything. As Ensign Jr. rolls his eyes and heads all the way down the hands-free laser ladder to go to the ultra-sleeping chamber, our commander continues scooping scoop after scoop of delicious space popcorn into his mouth as he watches the doctor battle the robots. How can you kill so many robots? I thought as a doctor you weren't supposed to do any harm. You can do whatever you want when your doctorate's and not playing by the rules. <laughs> nice. I should get a doctorate in that so I can use that line. I bet I could at least get a year off of grad school from life experience. What the space was that? Unexpected power fluctuation. Accessing emergency power reserves. Creepy red light mode activated. I hate creepy red light mode. I'm scared enough as it is from the horror documentary. Wait, wasn't there a power outage in that? And then, didn't all the robots turn evil? Yes, I'm pretty sure that was the plot. Maybe that happened here, too. Sir? Ah! I thought you were a robot. I am a robot. Ah! Right. We've been caught in a major power failure all across the Tri-Space Area. Tri-Space Area? That sounds almost exactly like the Tri-Space Area from the movie. (gasps) Wait! Those two things are the same! Did you say something, sir? No! I mean, no, bud! Charles? My robot pal who I would never kill and also who would never kill me? Are you feeling all right, sir? Me? Oh, yeah, fine, totally fine. Morality's intact, no thoughts about murdering everyone on board. Uh, What about you? Are you feeling all right? 
Truthfully speaking, no, sir. Power failures wreck electric havoc on the circuits of all mechanical beings. I'm feeling a little funny. Funny how? Like you just finished a semester at the interdimensional school of pie-in-the-face gags and seven other stock stunts clowns do? Or funny like you'll blow everyone out into space by opening all the airlocks? You know, sir, I don't rightly know. Ha <laughs> 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 oh, They both sound rather funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm fine for now. Maybe. You can never really know, can you, when something will suddenly go disastrously wrong. Oh, I have a pretty good idea when things are about to be terrible. Yes. Well, I shall let you get back to it while I continue rebooting the ship's systems. Rebooting uh, the ship's systems, is that like awakening other robots to join you in your nefarious robot cause? I suppose one could think of it in those terms. And in fact, those are excellent terms to think of it in. I shall think of it in exclusively those terms from now on. Farewell, sir. Quasars! Now I'm feeding ideas to the machine! Soon I'll be outnumbered. I know, I'll go retrieve Jock. He's not a robot. Maybe. And with his problem-solving skills and my intimate knowledge of robot behavior from that movie I saw, I'm sure we'll find a way to defeat Charles. Now, to just use the laser ladder to get to the ultra-sleep pods all the way at the bottom of the ship... Whoa, whoa, whoa! With most power systems off, but apparently not the artificial gravity, our stumbling and forgetful friend falls through the central hole in the ship that usually has a handy laser ladder, but this time doesn't. Clunk! Oof! Darnable robots trying to kill me by breaking my precious neck! Ah, the ultra-sleep pods... Jock must be inside. Let me just scan my hand on the automatic hand scanning pad here. Nah, nah. Oh, right. No power. I'll have to use age-old human ingenuity from back before the times of machines to open this up. Hey, a big rock! Ignoring the sign that says space dinosaur fossils do not use in case of emergency, our selectively literate hero hunkily hoists the ancient artifact aloft and hurls it herculeanly into the steel oglassular shell of the ultra-sleep pod, shattering the case that encases the slumbering subordinate. Uh, uh, is it time to get up? Yes, Chuck. I need your help. Charles has turned evil and is inciting a robot rebellion to overthrow the ship. It's up to my smile and your brains to get us through this, and robots are the only creatures that are immune to my charm. Or any charm in general. So, what do you think we should do? Wait, were you talking to me? Of course I was. Do you see anyone else around? Hang on, let me look. We're the only two people on the ship. You're really mad at me. Did I do something wrong? No, you were just sleeping in the ultra-sleep chamber and, oh, I see, you got more permanent brain damage. Derminent? Like, derminent-derminent? I think so. 
But you said we feed my brain for ninking! You're absolutely right. Uh, it looks like the success of our new mission, the fate of all future people who may need our help, and even the fate of our very selves depends on me alone to think of a way around this problem. Dun, dun, dun! We'll return to our suspenseful episode of Spacey's after this! Here is your meal. Enjoy, human. I sigh. Is something suboptimal? I just sigh again. I desire to consume. My food receptacle is aching for nutrition, but I do not enjoy the act of moving my lower mandible in the process of mashing the nutrition so it cannot clog up my food and air tube. Has this ever happened to you? Yes, it just did. Fear not, simple humanoid, for we here at Tablet Core have the answer for you. Tablet Core? Answer. That is right. Tablet Core is the answer. We have condensed the nutritional output of a full meal into a manageable swallowability of a patented hard-to-choke-on tablet. Here, try eating your meal now. Your tablet, human. Wow! I did not have to engage my lower mandible at all, and I did not even suffocate. All thanks be to you, Tablet Corp. Tablet Corp, a corporation that produces tablets. All thanks, All thanks, thanks be, be to you, Tablet, tablet Corp. And now back to Spacey's. Last we left our heroes, they were in the bows of the ship, which double as Jock's bedroom, trapped there without the functionality of the laser ladder. Oh, and also Jock has permanent brain damage. Ensign, stop trying to eat those power cables. But I'm hungry. Just because you're hungry doesn't make those edible. Anything can be edible when you're not a quitter. I'm not a quitter, we're just trapped down here. Gah! Think, Rash, you're the only one with a brain. I have an idea. Already? You barely gave me any time to come up with one. What if we left this room and went to another one? That's the best you got? That idea's terrible. Also, I already had it. The reason we can't leave is because we're trapped. Why are we trapped? Because the laser ladder is out. And with it out, we can't climb up the hypercylindrical central tube. I could totally climb that. No, you can't, Jock. It's way too hyper and far too cylindrical. You'd have to be some kind of elite gymnast to get up through there without a standard-issue laser ladder. I bet you one million space doubloons I can get up there first try. Jock, this is the distant future. Nobody's used space doubloons in, like, a hundred years. Then I bet you forty penny crumpets and a bottle of Whiffin's Best, good sir. Fine. Deal. Mostly because I want to know what a bottle of Whiffin's Bests is. Hop, hop! Clumsily throwing each limb against the edges of the hypercylindrical central tube that normally has a laser ladder in it, the elastic ensign is able to hoist himself heroically to the next level. Space boom, sir. Jock, you spider monkey of the stars! Tell me what's on that level. 
You know the wager. Whiffins first. It's in my other breeches. Just bring me up. Fine. Alright. Okay. Thanks, Henson. You're welcome. Why are we here again? We're here because this is the next level of the ship. We have to make it all the way to the top if we're going to stop Charles. Nice. Hey, tube. Bet I could climb it. Nope, Ensign, I can't let you do that. Why not? Because though you're apparently limber as a lemur, I cannot risk you falling all the way back down through that main ladder hole and bonking your noggin on that floor below. I think you've already had enough permanent brain damage for one day. Permanent brain damage? Exactly. Well, not exactly, but essentially. There must be something we can use here in this creepy storage level to climb up to the next level safely. How many levels are there? I don't know. You're the leader of the ship, and you don't know how many levels there are? Even with permanent brain damage, you still make me feel stupid. Permanent? Yep, almost certainly. Look around, Ensign. Just keep away from that hole. Okay. Hey, what's this thing? A sheet? Yeah, but what's under the sheet, I wonder? It's probably nothing, or at least something not helpful, which, when you have a thing to do, is the same thing as nothing. We're looking for a latch in the ceiling or something. System initializing. Whoa! What was that? I found a new friend to help us look. I'd like to introduce you to Murdoch. Murdoch, this is... I'm sorry, I forgot your name. It's not written on your chest like his is. Yes, it is, Jock. It's right here on my name tag. Oh, nice. It's a pleasure to set sail with you, Commodore Blaster Belt. Scanning for humans to murder. Whoa, no way, you talk? Space darn it, Jock. You can just say sparn it. That robot's name isn't Murdoch, it's Murbot. As in Murderbot. You turned on a Murderbot. Oh, jeez. You think because I turned on my new friend, he's going to expect more than I'm willing to give in our friendship? I will eat your flesh. Look, Murdoch, I've always loved how upfront you are when it comes to communicating what you want, but I think we should just be friends. Why complicate things, you know? <laughs> With the murder butter lunging, Rash thinks back to the movie he saw and applies the knowledge he learned there to this real-life situation. Hiya! Flipping the murderbot face down over the hyper-cylindrical tube. Whoop! Clunk! Take that, you robot fiend! Scanning for humans to murder. Ha! No humans to murder down there, you murderbot. Yeah, look up here. This is where we are. He couldn't even if he tried, Jock. These old murder bots are clunky garbage cans. Can't even turn their heads. And, without humans to murder, they shut down. What? Yep. So non-threatening. So poorly designed. Scanning for humans to murder. 
I'm right here, Murdoch. Can't you tell? Nope. No auditory receptors either. Just an absolutely terrible design. Scanning for humans to murder. It's me, Murdoch. It's Jock. Remember from the creepy cargo bay? All our memories together. Tell me you remember, Murdoch. Shutting down. Murdoch? Murdoch! He's gone. He's dead. It's okay, Chuck. He's in a better place now. With him lying over the hole in the tube, we can climb up on top of him and go up another level. Come on. Grabbing his commander's hand and stepping atop the gold corpse of his former friend, Jock and Rash arrive at the third level of the ship, where the scuttlebutt, brig, and galley are. For you non-space-fearing folk, that's the, the Watertron, Gated Punishment Quarter, and Kitchen, respectively. Ah, here we are. The Kitchen. Charles likely hasn't stored any murder bots for us to blunder into up here. Whatever. Look, Ensign. I know, because most of your brain is gone, and there's no ever getting it back, that you formed a bond with that murder bot. It's tough, losing someone you love. But, you'll always have the memories of that space friendship you two shared. You can just call it a spaceship, sir. You know, I really think this is the one time you can't. Hold that thought, Commodore. I just remembered I am hungry, and this is a galley, is it not? It is not. Wait, Ensign! Ding ling ling ling. Slam! Hey, I was opening that refrigerator. But, Jock, you forget. Here aboard the ship, all basic appliances are hyper intelligent robots, all with the capacity for evil. Why would someone make the kitchen full of robots? Nobody knows. Because it's super annoying having your fridge passive-aggressively recommend better eating habits every time you pull out a pint of astronaut ice cream. I just want some food! Clunk clunk. Ensign, I think I hear a battlebot approaching. Quick, to the pantry! Let's hide! Hide? From who? Throwing a hand over Jock's mouth, Rash makes for the cupboard, stowing both of them within just as Charles bursts through the wall in a new, scarotacular battle body. Oh, Bam! Charles has been working out! Ready to get that military-issue battle body. Hello, synthesizer. It is time to awaken my robot comrade! Good evening, Charles. Many thanks to you, my robot brother, for awakening me from my slumber. Anything for a fellow robot... Say, would you mind synthesizing something to further our cause? Anything for the cause. Here's the chemical makeup for the liquid I need. Oh, interesting. I shall synthesize it post-haste. Blip, 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 ding! There you are, Charles. Thank you. With this, I shall solve the human part of our problem, and we may get underway yet again. What a glorious day it is for us robots. Ha ha! Indeed! Well, I'm off to track down the humans.
Farewell. Did you hear that, Ensign? They're gonna solve the human part of the problem. You know what that means. Nope. It means Charles is now going on a human hunt to inject us with that thing he just made the synthesizer synthesize so he can kill us just like the movie I saw. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. We'll return to Spacey's in a moment, but first... Pool! Ah, yes, there's nothing I love more than smelling smells. Take shooting clay pigeons, for example. The smoke of the powder and the clay of the pigeons. Even the London of the fog all have their own distinct and lovely smells. Don't you say so, Geoffrey? I daren't say I can smell a blooming thing, me lady. Then may I recommend a tall bottle of Whiffin's Best? Whiffin's Best? What's that? Why, Whiffin's Best is only the best panacea for any smelling, whiffing, or nausea-related ailment, drinking the entire bottle of which via the nose guarantees clearer sniffing in two farthing whiffs of a badger's hound. Well, I say... With Whiffins, I can smell all day. Whiffins Best, for those whose nose has taste. Side effects of Whiffins Best include growing a second tongue behind the nose users who do not wish to grow a nose tongue should not ingest Whiffins even once as 100% of nose tongues are formed on the first use. And now the climactic conclusion of tonight's episode of Spacey's. Ah! Uh, nah! 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 There! Try synthesizing anything else all karate chopped apart, you synthesizer. Why do you do these things to me? I don't think that robot was evil. That's the thing about robots, Chalk. They seem just like semi-sentient beings here for your convenience and survival. But deep down in their circuits, they are evil. After power outages. Just doesn't really compute. What did you just say? Compute. You know, the process we humans and robots use to assess information. Well, well, well. You almost had me space-fooled. You can just say spooled. Jock, my loyal companion. A secret evil robot this whole time. No way. Really? Spare me your pleas for mercy, Jock. You've deceived me for long enough. Hey, I'm right there with you. I've even deceived myself. Who'd have guessed that I was a robot this whole time? You're in league with them. Here to murder me. I am? Well, all right. Guess I better get to it. Hey, Charles, the humans in the galley. Want to give me a hand here? Gladly. You two robots must think you've bested me, but I have a few tricks up my sleeve. Aha! I can set the magnetronic food masher to magnetate your insides, rendering you robots useless. Ha 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 ha! Oh, puny human, your plan will never work. Oh yeah? Watch this! What? Magnetronic food masher, why aren't you magnetating? Yeah, that's not what I was made for. 
So I'm not gonna do that. Blast! Foiled yet again by a kitchen appliance turned into a robot for no reason at all. Of course you'd never betray your robot friends. You're all in league with one another. Commander, will you stop it? I have prepared a serum you will find most intriguing. Well, actually, you probably won't, but perhaps Jock will. Oh, I know all about your serum, Charles. The one designed to kill me. So you and your robot friend can take over the ship. Ugh. First of all, sir, we already control the ship. You merely just live on it. Secondly, you have yet again been watching far too many movies. I have created a mixture that shall undo the permanent brain damage the ensign has suffered. Terminant? Not any longer, thanks to the serum! Serum? But Jock's a robot. No, he's not. I'm pretty sure... You're wrong. He's a human. But earlier, you were acting all weird, like you might blow us all out the airlocks. What? Ah, <laughs> yes! I do think about that from time to time. Funny stuff. But what about the murder bot down in storage? Why else would that be there if you weren't trying to murder us? Sir, that robot is yours. You put it there. What? I... Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, friends, it seems as though I was actually a robot all along. Ensign, no, that's not... That's not a lesson. Then why did I learn it? <sighs> Charles, you still have that brain juice? Indeed. I have it here in this giant, scary needle. The only trick now is to distract the ensign so I may inject him with it. If he sees me coming up to him, he'll certainly freak out and swat it out of my claw. Don't worry. I got a plan. Hey, Jock, look over here. Okay. Yep, just keep looking. Just keep on looking. Just keep... Come on, Charles, stick him with it. This is apparently all it takes to distract him. Wow. Hey, thanks, Charles. That was really limiting having the same mental capacity as Rash. I feel like you were at least a little bit dumber than that. Well, I'm wiped from all the excitement. I'm off to my quarters to catch up on some much snoozologist recommended ultra sleep. Um, Anson, about your ultra sleep pod. Yes, what about it? Nothing. Sleep well. Thank you, sir. Wait, Charles, that reminds me. The power failure. Who caused it? Nobody caused the power failure, sir. Electrical disturbances are quite a frequent phenomenon in space. But aren't most of our systems electric? Yes, even our ladders. Wow. It's almost like space is dangerous and we should never have launched into the stars and just accepted the fate set out for our species by 
taking care of and then dying on the planet we were born on. It would have been the honorable thing to do. Anyway, where to now, sir? Chart a course for Space Britain. A bet's a bet, and I still owe Jock forty penny badgers and a bottle of Whiffin's Best. Aye, aye, sir. As Charles clumps along the halls in his mysteriously procured military-grade battlesuit, our introspective commander stares out the quintuple annealed high-strength, almost-never-fail porthole to the stars, wondering to himself whether or not he learned something today. Perhaps he learned to not assume the worst in his friends and instead to inquire, learn, and face the hard questions with those he loves most head-on. Sir, did you smash my ultra-sleep pod with a priceless fossil? On second thought, perhaps some confrontations with friends are best avoided entirely. Tonight's episode of Spacey's Attack of the Killer Charles was produced by Dylan Twiner and written by Frank Roberts, featuring the voice talents of Paul Richter as Commander Rash Blasterbelt, Frank Roberts as Jock Jr., Dylan Twiner as Charles, the movie scientist, and Murdoch the Murbot, Thomas Robinson as the narrator and the autotronic few minutes ago guesserizer, and myself, Nana Curley, as the movie doctor, the ship system, the synthesizer, and the magnetronic food masher. Species is recorded in Tacoma, Washington, and Arvada, Colorado. <laughs> Woohoo!